excuse me, we don't believe in Jehovah's Witnesses or oh. I don't know what you're peddling no, here. No, no, I'm not a Jehovah. But I prefer no, you get I'm off selling, my property. I'm, not, no. I'm, I'm just here for Steve. It's it's Mike. I'm here to get uh, on Steve's meeting. Steve? Me. Yeah, I'm here. Is Steve home? Of course Steve's home. He's always home. Oh, can I talk to him? Who are you? Oh, it's Mike. I'm his friend. I'm, uh, friend? Yeah. <laughs> of a friend? Steve's got friends. We're supposed to do a podcast today. He's supposed to meet me. Oh, podcast, huh? Yeah. What's a podcast? Uh, we just talk and we talk to an audience. Oh my gosh, you know what? You're wasting my time. Steve's uh, got no friends. Get no, off oh, oh, my line! I'm going, I'm going. I'm going. Ladies, are you tired of meeting emotionally distant and sensitive men? Are you tired of meeting alpha males who only want to control you? Are you looking for a sensitive man? One that will cry when you slap him? Well, it's never too late to start a new life. One which you truly deserve. Take your love life to the next level with Crybaby Dating Services for Women. Our highly trained staff of like-minded women carefully screen and test each new male applicant and gives them a corresponding level of sensitivity from one to five allowing you to choose the perfect mate. So what are you waiting for? Call Crybaby Dating Services today and get ready to embark on a new, wondrous life with your own sensitive, reactive crybaby. But don't just take it from us. Listen to a few testimonials given by some of our very satisfied, slap-happy customers. Then call 416-CRYBABY. That's 416-279-2229. I didn't want an overly sensitive guy, so I opted for Crybaby's Level 5 Man. I've been with Jeremy now for two years and he never tears up before the fourth slap. I got exactly what I needed. Thanks, Crybaby. I'll be honest, for me, it was love at first slap. Thanks, Crybaby Dating Services. Speaking from my own experiences, I strongly urge any woman who's looking for a really sensitive guy to take advantage of crybaby dating services. They won't be disappointed. I wasn't sure what to expect when I went to crybaby dating services. I didn't want crocodile tears, I wanted the real thing, and crybaby really came through. I was getting real salty, genuine tears on our first date. Crybaby is the real deal. Go ahead, make my day. All right. Hey, it is crime time. Time for crime. Always time for crime. Okay, now today is our very first uh, true crime episode. And because it is the first uh, episode, we thought we'd line up something extra special for the true crime fans. So what we're going to do for you today is play a never-before-heard recording of serial killer Edmund Kemper fumbling his mother's head. Let's have a listen. Whoops. Dropsies. Okay, for our first Crime Time episode, we're going to be looking at both mass and spree murder. Uh, mainly because it's been in the news so much lately, especially since the uh, May 24th massacre at the Robb Elementary School and uh, the subsequent massacres over the uh, Memorial Day weekend and whatnot, but also because it's a topic that uh, relates to everyone so ever. I mean, a mass or spree murder can happen anywhere at any time. It can happen in the city. It can happen in the country. 
It can happen downtown or at a park. It can happen outside your door on a side street. It can happen in your backyard or inside your home, at your workplace or your school. And the information that one can glean from looking into both mass and spree murder is invaluable because it provides you with the necessary information, the tools in which you yourself might be able to pick up on uh, behavioral patterns of other people who might be on the brink of committing mass or spree murder themselves. So I'm going to give a few examples of both mass and spree murders, the people involved, the places involved, and some of the motives, uh, so we can get better acquainted with the terms. Uh, we'll begin with Patrick Sherrill, who is a disgruntled postal worker and goes into his place of work, or his ex-place of work, on August 20th, 1986, seeking revenge and shoots and kills 14 co-workers, injuring six in Oklahoma. And what makes this case so important is what transpires over the following year. What is not largely known is that there are a lot of disgruntled post office workers out there across America at this time because for whatever reason, the post offices were not treating their employees very well. And uh, the news reporting on Patrick Sherrill inspired others to take up arms and commit violent acts themselves. So what transpired over the next year was there was over 100 acts of violence or threats of violence in post offices across America. And there actually was a saying that came out of all this. It was called going postal. Some people might still recognize that when a, any person goes into their workplace and shoots and kills co-workers out of revenge or whatever, it's called going postal. And that originated with Patrick Sherrill. But it also gives people an introduction to just how powerful the media can be and its influence on people and adults. We have hundreds of people being shot and killed um, because the news is reporting it and inspiring others. And this becomes a very important uh, topic when it comes to school shootings later. We'll talk about that. So let's continue. Uh, another person who went into the workplace, but it wasn't his workplace. It was his friend's workplace. He was out to kill his friend and then probably kill himself. It was a murder-suicide thing because his friend was pulling away from him. This person was very depressed and just uh, was angry at his friend for pulling away from him. So he went to his friend's workplace looking for him. He did find him. He went to shoot him, but his gun malfunctioned and uh, his friend ran away. So his friend fixed the gun and went looking for him but was shooting everybody uh, and he came across while looking for him. Eventually, some of the workers there were able to jump him, but he managed to, Frank managed to uh, break a window and throw himself out of an 11th story window to his death. Um, another instance was a man named James Huberty. Some people may recognize that name because of a Netflix documentary uh, regarding the McDonald's massacre. And what happened with James, it was a long period of depression for him. Uh, during the depression, he was losing work. He, he was having trouble supporting his family. He was moving and things were getting pretty bad for him. And he started taking, uh, getting angry at society and uh, eventually cracked and went to take revenge on society. So just up the street from him, some 200 yards was a McDonald's. And he went in there and unloaded a gun on everyone and killed 21 people, wounding 19. The youngest victim was an eight month old child. So that was, again, a mass murder, one location. The same with Frank Viktovic. Uh, another uh, example, but this one is an example of a spree murder. This is a man named Mark Barton, and he was a disgruntled worker as well. So he went to his place of business and shot and killed people there. But then he went to a, another place that he used to work at that he had a problem with and shot and killed people there right afterwards uh, for a total of nine victims shot and killed. Uh, before he was stopped or stopped himself. And that, again, is a spree murder because there's two locations. 
Here's another example of a workplace uh, instance. A man named Chris uh, Richard Farley, and some people may recognize uh, that name too because movies have been made about this, one called Stalking Laura. Uh, Richard Farley fell in love with a co-worker uh, she had been hired. He fell in love with her. She did not reciprocate. Uh, and she didn't like him that way. Uh, but he kept stalking her and eventually got so bad that the, his company had to let him go. So, of course, Richard went back to his workplace seeking revenge and Laura. He found and injured Laura but killed uh, other co-workers in um, that uh, mass murder. Uh, my next example involves a man named Anders Bering Brevik and a spree murder. Um, and this place uh, takes place on July 22, 2011. Some people will recognize that name, but of course, because there's a, an excellent movie-type documentary on Anders Brevik. It's called July 22, and it's on Netflix. I, I encourage people to watch that. It is so well done. So what happens here is uh, yeah, Anders is sort of a right-wing uh, supremacist. He's against the immigration and the immigrants coming into his country. Um, so he uh, wants to put out a message. So he uh, sets off a rather large bomb outside of a government building. And while everybody, all emergency and police rush to that scene, he's dressed as an officer and headed toward an island, which has been taken over by the Workers' Youth League, which takes over the island once a year. And it's kind of a getaway retreat for uh, the youth to talk politics. And it's kind of a, a big event for them. So Anders goes to that island dressed as an officer. And basically, these people are trapped on the island. He just walks around shooting them. Uh, so it's a pretty bad scene. And then he gives himself up because he wants to put out his manifesto. He doesn't want to be shot. And so he goes in and he puts out his manifesto and so on and so forth. Um, and so that's an example of a spree murder, of course, because there's two locations. Here's another example. And um, there's a documentary about the, this person. His name is David Copeland. Uh, and some people may recognize that from the documentary on Netflix uh, regarding the nail bomber in England. Um, and so this took place on uh, three uh, different days, April 17th, 24th, and 30th, 1999, where an individual, David Copeland, uh, who is also sort of a right-wing supremacist and a racist, he joined various right-wing groups hoping to get some action going, but they weren't uh, violent enough for him or active enough. So he kind of took things, matters into his own hands, and he set off three different bombs. And so he's after black people, he's after gay people, anyone who's not white and like him, basically. It's misplaced anger. But again, three locations, it's a spree murder. Uh, another example of um, sort of, um, I guess this involves more religion, is a man named Eric Rudolph, and uh, he is the 1996 Olymp Olympic bomber. And he did that bombing to bring attention to the abortion problem, which doesn't really make sense. And he regretted, he said he regretted doing the 1996 Olympic bombing. But he also went on to uh, bomb an abortion clinic and a lesbian bar. And it took some time to capture him. But that, again, is a spree murder. You know, he's on the run. He's doing bombings as he goes and whatnot. And here's another example of a mass murder for revenge. This man's name is Timothy McVeigh, which a lot of people will recognize uh, from the Oklahoma bombing, uh, from the Oklahoma building. And um, his revenge was due to the Waco, Texas massacre that took place uh, between February 28th and April 19th, 1993. And at the, at the culmination of that massacre, of course, uh, the government, the FBI, whoever, set fire to the Branch Davidian building, and which uh, subsequently uh, burned alive 
men, women, and babies. And that turned uh, Timothy McVeigh, an excellent soldier, against his own army. So um, he himself, two years later to the day, on April 19th, but on 1995, set off his own bomb, which would also kill children. And so there you go. That's an act of revenge in a mass murder, one location, and one large bomb. Here's an example of somebody that goes over time, but he's probably more of a serial killer. And this is Ted Kaczynski, Theodore Kaczynski, the genius mathematician, who uh, it took over 20 years, I think, to capture this guy, right? And the person who would uh, end up being responsible for his capture was, of course, his uh, Ted's brother's wife, who recognized his writing. And Theodore was the uh, mail bomber, the Unabomber, uh, because he was sending bombs originally to uh, universities and whatnot. And so he was called the Unabomber. Um, and he could be considered either a spree murderer who takes place over 20 years, but his um, down times were quite lengthy. So he's almost more of a serial killer, just in case people were thinking of adding him in. Now, it, um, mass murder can also be the result of just not being able to get along with women. Uh, we have George Sedini, and you can look this name up on uh, YouTube and watch some films that he himself put out. Uh, George uh, Sedini in his own films. He had a problem meeting and getting laid, basically, okay? So on uh, August 4th, 2009, he went to a fitness uh, club, which he himself belonged to, shot and killed three women. So a mass murder can take place simply because a person is having problems with women, goes to a place where women go and uh, shoots them up. And that, of course, is a mass murder, one location. Another example of spree murder is the DC sniper, which is actually composed of two people, John Allen Muhammad and his uh, young accomplice, uh, Lee Boyd Malvo, who drove around uh, shooting uh, people at random at different locations, one after another after another. Uh, John is pretty upset because uh, his uh, ex has taken his uh, children um, and he's out to get her. And uh, so he's committing these murders along the way. Um, let's see, uh, we have other um, examples. Mark Lapine is a well-known person in Canada who did a mass murder um, at an engineering school. Uh, he was a misogynist or a woman hater, and he went shooting women uh, in uh, Montreal, Canada. That's Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And so that's an example of a mass murder, one location. Uh, and then you have school shootings, and school shootings um, are interesting because they can involve both um, mass and spree murder at the same time. Uh, and I'll give a few examples. Uh, Adam Peter Lanza of the Sandy Hook school shooting first shot his mother, then went to the school into the mass murder. Charles Joseph Whitman shot his wife and mother in two separate locations, and then went to the school, climbed the Texas Tower, and shot university students, right? And, of course, uh, then there's Kiplin Kinkle, who shot his mother and father, then went to the school and did mass murder. Luke Woodham, who shot his mother, then went to the school and did mass murder. This is a combination, sort of, of spree and mass murder. Mass murder is kind of the, the final culmination, the big plan. So in these cases, of course, there's usually problems at school, such as bullying and whatnot, but also problems uh, back at home. So uh, two things are uh, kind of taken care of uh, by the uh, shooter. We're going to come back to the uh, topic of uh, school shootings and look for warning signs that um, uh, parents can use for their own children or friends of their children, stuff like this. Uh, there's uh, different reasons for school shootings, of course. It's not always uh, 
just the bullying. There can be um, problems with females, such as in the case of Elliot Roger, who had problems, uh, much like George Sedini, getting laid and whatnot. And so he went and sought revenge. He was a spree murderer. He went to more than one location. Uh, many people will be familiar with the name Charles Starkweather uh, because he's uh, been the inspiration for so many movies and documentaries, um, such as he inspired Natural Born Killers or the movie California, spelt with a K. Uh, there's been documentary-type movies such as Badlands. He's inspired songs such as Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska. Charles uh, Starkweather was 18 when he met 13-year-old uh, uh, Kirill Ann Fugit, who became his girlfriend, and he took her on a killing spree. He fancied himself a sort of James Dean rebel, and, um, and the two went on to kill, of course, uh, 11 people. And, um, and so that, of course, is a spree murder. And then we have Richard Speck, who on a single night uh, killed eight student nurses in one location. Um, and that, of course, is a mass murder. And then we have Andrew Cunanan, the socialite who uh, ended up killing Versace and made a name for himself, you might say, killing Versace. He was a spree murderer. He first killed his um, boyfriend and an acquaintance and then an unknown truck driver just to get his truck, went on to kill Versace and whatnot, and then killed himself in the end. The motive behind this spree murder was loss of status. Another example of spree murder is with Michael Robert uh, Ryan, who uh, walked up and down the street shooting people randomly and ended up shooting and killing his own mother as well. We also have James Egan Holmes. Most people will recognize that name from the uh, Aurora, Colorado Century 16 movie theater massacre during the Batman movie. Um, this is a mass murder because although he had booby-trapped his apartment, um, he warned the police that it was booby-trapped so no bombs went off and nobody was injured there, so it was only at the theater that anybody was injured, and so that becomes a mass murder. So there's a look into a few uh, mass and spree murderers. Uh, we're going to pick up this topic again on the next episode of Crime Time, where we're going to look in a little deeper at uh, some of the motivators and indicators of mass and spree murder. And until then, this is Crime Time. Time for crime. Always time for crime. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad for a Saturday at work. Yeah, sun's <laughs> out. I, that's what I thought we were supposed to be doing. Well, I've yeah. never seen anybody do it. Oh, yeah. So how's it going? Oh, pretty good. I uh, got something for you. Oh? Yeah. You didn't? You got what I had? I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I acquired what you asked for. Thank you so much. Cool, cool, cool. It's uh, something new this time. Oh, okay. Is it, is it like sativa? It's a... Uh, called sheep's breath. Sheep's breath. All right. Sheep, I don't think I've ever tried that. It's uh, it's something. Okay. Yeah, I'll look forward to that. I'm home tonight, so that's going to be amazing because I didn't have anything for tonight. Right on. Yeah. Give me, give me a call and let me know how it went. I will do. Thank you so much. No problem. Hello and welcome back. Uh, and I'm back at home now. And uh, I've just, uh, I've just smoked some, uh, what's it called? sheep's breath and I'm just waiting for the effect. <laughs>